Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. God, I thank you for the fun we were able to have. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we had tonight to pray with the, the adults, God, and to get some spiritual guidance, Lord, and some spiritual uh, leadership there. God, I should help us as we look at your word here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Lord, that you'd work in our hearts, change us in the way that would make us more like you. We'll thank you for everything that you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Timothy 2. We're going to be reading verse number 20, 23. If you remember last week, we talked about 2 Timothy 2.22. Does anybody remember our, our three F's for 2 Timothy 2.22? The three things we talked about. You're supposed to do something, stop doing something, then you're supposed to do something else, and then you're supposed to hang out with people that do something such and such. Friend. So you remember the last one. Friend. What was Yes, flee, follow friend. You gotta flee the world. We have to follow after righteousness, faith, charity, with peace, and then we'll call it out of a pure heart. So we're gonna do that, and then we're gonna verse number 23. 2 Timothy 2.23 says this. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and they may recover themselves of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. As we go through Second Timothy, just like I told you last week, I looked at Second Timothy two twenty two and I thought, if there's ever a passage that I want to teach for teenagers, Second Timothy two twenty two. Well this week as I read through Second Timothy two, twenty three through twenty seven, I thought if there's ever a message I want to preach to teens is 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 27. 26, sorry. I'm making my own verse to make up the last one, sorry. Yes, through 23 through 26. Here is where I want you to know. This is the awesome thing about going through a study of a book versus just picking out things to jump into. Paul's talking about before false teachers. Remember he said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So he's told us about where we find truth, and we find truth right here in this book. Whatever is not in this book right here is not truth. So we go with that, and he talks about the false teachers. Does anybody remember the name? I say their names all the time. Anybody remember one of their names? False teachers. Shout it out there, Annie. Yeah, Hymenius. Yeah, and Philetus. Yes, two guys who's spreading false doctrine. And he goes on and says, hey, don't listen to those guys. Know the truth. But in verses 23... Through 26, what you're going to see is this. How do you communicate truth? Now, if I was going to go through and make us the series on truth, I'd tell you, I would tell you without a doubt. The Bible is the word of God and the Bible is truth. Grab the Bible. But I would probably, honestly, when I was studying this today, figure I would probably have never told you how do you communicate truth. How do you properly communicate truth? He says, hey, there's bad people out there trying to spread false doctrine. How do you help someone else? And Paul gives us a diagram of exactly how to spread the truth. And it's awesome. Let's go there. Let's fill in a couple of blanks. Paul has been showing Timothy the value of truth and the danger of false teaching. In 2 Timothy 23 through 26, Paul shows Timothy how to communicate the truth to others. Number one, he says, avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Avoid foolish and unlearned questions. So, which is the same thing with everything Paul does. Usually he tells you something don't do, and then he tells you something to do. So first he says, avoid foolish and unlearned questions. The word foolish means absurd 
and I did not come up with this word, the strong concordance says it, stupid. So go ahead and write it down. Foolish is a absurd, stupid questions. The one, the word unlearned means ignorant. Ignorant. So I'm to avoid foolish and absurd, unlearned, ignorant questions. They do gender, which is make, bring forth, make, strifes, controversy, and fighting. So your blanks are stupid, ignorant, make fighting. Just don't say them like that. He says, avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Timothy was told to avoid foolish and unlearned questions because they only bring fighting and controversy. Here's what I want to tell you. When you're communicating the truth, whether it be the gospel, whether it be a spiritual truth, Paul tells Timothy, this is what I want you to do. I want you to avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Can I give you an example of what a foolish and unlearned question is? I have been told before by someone that I was trying to share the truth of the gospel. And the person came up with this question. Well, if Jesus paid for all our sins, shouldn't I want to get my money's worth? Now, me knowing the word of God and knowing what truth is, Paul says to Timothy, avoid stupid, and that's the strong, not Pastor Burden, stupid and ignorant questions. Because they do gender strife. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, if you look at when he told parables, it was always to someone who asked him a dumb question to try to trick Jesus up. You look through the, you read through the Gospels and you always find the Pharisees and Sadducees were always trying to trip Jesus up because they did not want truth. And Jesus said, and Jesus would always say to them, they said, when the, the, the Pharisee who wanted to be justified, he said, who is my neighbor? When he said, God said, you should love your neighbor yourself. And he came back with, because he didn't know what else to say. Well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told him the whole story about the good Samaritan and said, well, let me ask you, who is your neighbor? You look through pretty much everyone in the Bible. When they're answered with, and they're doing what godly, they answered with something that's foolish and unlearned questions. They avoid them. This is what happens in real life. Every day. If someone is asking dumb questions about the truth, they're not doing it so they can know truth. The Bible says like this in Proverbs, cast not your pearls before swine. For me right now, to go into a bar where right now there are probably drunken people that aren't in all their senses, and me to think that I can communicate truth to them. They're, they're not there. And I can communicate truth and I'm going to expect them to be able to accept truth. Then you know what? I'm not avoiding. I'm not putting truth where it should be. Same thing with teenagers. Sometimes teenagers thinking they're witty when they're faced with truth or retort something dumb back, whether it be a teacher, whether it be a leadership. When they're faced with truth, they say something that they think is witty, and they think it's smart, and they'll answer it back, and it's really just retarded. It's dumb. And Paul says, hey, when you're communicating truth, because this truth is important, you've got to avoid foolish and unlearned questions. 
me give you when, when I told you guys this in school, when I was in college. There would be men that said they were called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were called to study the word of God. And they could spend hours sitting at a table doing, debating. The only conversation is, can God make a rock that God cannot pick up? And they will spend hours. Well, no, God couldn't make a rock that he couldn't pick up because of. Well, what if he could? Because God can do everything. And they will sit around for hours and discuss that. You know what? There are a lot of more important things to do with truth than do that. Well, how many angels can fit on the head of a pin? Paul writes to Timothy, hey, if it's foolish, if it's dumb, avoid those kind of questions. Because the truth is where we need to put all our time in. So he says, number one, avoid foolish and unlearned questions. Number two, he says, rather... Act like a servant of the Lord. Act like a servant of the Lord. And just to get you something in your mind, I want you to think of truth, and we're going to, just for just for in your mind, this can go with any truth that's found in the Word of God, but I want you to think in your mind, just so you can follow me with this, the truth of the gospel itself. The truth of this, that Jesus Christ died for me, Aaron Burden, because Aaron Burden is a sinner. And because Aaron Burton is sinner, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I am a sinner falling short of the glory of God, and I am damned, and I don't say that in a negative way. I say that from the Bible. I am damned to hell. I have been condemned to go to hell. So because of that, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Those who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So now I know that, hey, I deserve hell, but God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins, and he paid the penalty, so I do not have to go to hell, I can go to heaven. That is truth. Now, how do I communicate that as a servant of the Lord? This is how I need to communicate it. Number one, the servant of the Lord does not fight, but is characterized by, A, being gentle unto all men. Being gentle on all men. And before we think gentle is some kind of like feminine trait here, it means gentle means to be kind, affable, pleasantly easy to approach and to talk to. So I just gave you the truth of the gospel. Okay. We're going to use that as an illustration. This goes with any biblical truth. If I am going to communicate the truth of the gospel, I must first be gentle. I have to be easy to be approached. You know what? There used to be a time where independent Baptists especially, and maybe it still is, were known for fighting. There's even stories that I remember hearing growing up about a guy named J. Frank Norris. Now, I don't know a whole lot about J. Frank Norris, but they, I just know he was a hardcore independent fundamental Baptist preacher. And the, even the rumor and the legend was that somebody came in his office and he shot them. I'm like, wow, that's something great to be known for as a preacher. He preaches the word of God so eloquently. He's a prayer warrior. He shoots folks that don't believe with them, believe what he does. But I don't understand. But see, to be able to communicate truth, I have to be approachable. You know what? If I walk around with my nose up all the time, thinking that I'm better than everybody else, I cannot communicate truth. If someone cannot feel like they can walk up and talk to me, I cannot communicate truth. So first of all, I be gent- I'm be i gentle. Letter B, apt to teach. Apt to teach. 
That's both blanks. So write apt and teach in both of them. Apt and teach. Inclined to impart knowledge. So not only do I need to be gentle, I need to be approachable. I have to have knowledge. I have to have the ability, the inclination to be able to give that gospel. Now, if someone does not go to heaven, I, I'm pretty sure, hopefully, Lord willing, everyone in you in here know how to communicate the truth of the gospel. If someone came to you unsaved, I hope each and every one can open your Bible and show them exactly where to go and say, you know what? I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And you can walk them through. But you know what? You can't communicate truth if you don't know it. It'd be like me walking up here with a calculus book and saying, guys, I'm going to teach you some calculus. Yeah, you guys are already laughing because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. It was like, well, Pastor Burton, you have to know calculus to be able to teach it. No, well, I can just read it from this book and just make you. Th- no, to be able to communicate truth, you have to know it. Same thing to communicate any biblical truth. You cannot help anyone out if you do not know truth. If you have a friend at school friend at work, wherever, who wants help. Hey, man, I'm having some struggle. I'm struggling in my family. Well, um, if you don't, if you're not apt to teach, if you're not, you don't have knowledge to share of the truth, you can't help. This is why you need to know truth. But see, this is what it is. If I'm going to communicate truth, biblically, I have to be gentle, easily approached. If I, as Pastor Burden, was not easily approached, a couple of you have come to ask me lately and said, Pastor Burden, what about this? Pastor, what do you think about this? Pastor, you said this, but what do you really mean by this? What if it was when you came to me and asked me, Pastor Burden, what about such and I say, well, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. I'm really going to avoid that. You wouldn't come back and ask me anything else, would you? <laughs> I'm not asking Pastor Burden. Why? Because to communicate truth, I have to be gentle. I have to be easy to talk to. Then I have to know the truth. I have to be apt to teach. I have to know something before I can share it with someone else. So if I'm going to communicate the truth of the gospel, I have to know the gospel. If I'm going to try to communicate help to those who need, I have to know the truth. So how else do I do it? A, be gentle. Two, apt to teach. And lastly, I mean, not lastly, C, patient. Patient. The word patient means bearing, provocation, annoyance. Misfortune, delay, hardship, pain, etc., with fortitude and calm and without complaint, anger, or the like. Man, that sure describes most of us in this room. We can do with annoyances, misfortune, delay, and hardship and pain without complaint or anger. That, that really just, the people in this room just like, whew, I look at that and I'm like, we don't even need me to write that down. If I'm going to communicate truth, I have to be gentle I have to be out to teach. I have to know the knowledge, but then I have to be patient. I don't know of the case for you. The first time I heard the truth of the gospel, I did not accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. First time I heard it, I did not say, well, that's exactly what I need. Sign me up. And I got saved. No, somebody was patient. You know what? In the lives of most of you, you have parents that are patient. One day when you get older and you're going to look back at your life and you're like, wow, I really did make some dumb decisions. And your parents are most likely going to be right there the whole time. And they're going to be, ah, well, you, you know, you're going to have to trust the Lord and get through this. And they're trying to help you through. But after a while, you will look back in your life and say, 
you know what? <laughs> I made some dumb decisions. It requires patience. See, for me to be able to communicate truth, I have to understand the first time I communicate truth, I mean, every time I communicate truth, everyone's not going to listen. I sit in my office. When I try to, when I get here on Wednesday till pretty much tonight, I try to focus, my main focus is on teaching you guys the lesson from the Word of God. And there were times when I first started in youth ministry that I thought this, that I thought, wow, when I write this down and I put this on a handout and those teenagers see how I worded this, that whew, I'm going to, it's just going to connect with hearts. I mean, people are just going to be saved. Teenagers are going to be changing their lives. And just wait till I teach this lesson. This, this is the lesson. And you know what I found out? It doesn't work like that. I have to come in here this Wednesday and teach it. And some of you walk out and never listen to me. And then the next Wednesday, I have to go back and teach the same thing. And then you know what? Some of you walk out, never listen to me. And the next week, I have to come back. And you know what? When I see you doing the things that I said from the word of God you ought not to be doing, I start to smile and say, hey, I love you. I hope that God can use you one day. You know why? Because if I'm going to communicate truth, I have to be patient. The same thing with us. If you're going to communicate the truth of the gospel to a loved one, you can't walk up to your cousin, your aunt, your uncle. Well, you know what? You need Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ died for your sins. Oh, but I'm not interested in that right now. <laughs> well, I give up. I gave him the truth of the gospel. No, because, see, communi- communicate, the, communicate the truth. I have to be patient. I have to be willing to have to go knock on doors and have a door slammed in my face. And you say, what? You know what? I'm not going to complain about that. I just got to communicate this truth. When you have a friend at school who you're trying to help because they're going the wrong direction, you can get on your knees and pray for them at night. And the next day, look him right in the face and say, hey, I love you. I don't like what you're doing, but I love you. And the next night, you can get on your face and pray for them again because it requires patience. Truth is not always readily accepted. But not only have to be gentle, have to be out to teach, I have to have the ability to give out the truth. I have to be patient. Lastly, letter D, instructing in meekness. Instructing in meekness. Meekness is humility. Meekness is humility. So, I'm going to go back to it one more time. Not only do I have to be gentle, it means I have to be easy to talk to. I have to be easily entreated. I have to have to teach. It means I have to have the ability, I have to have the knowledge to be able to teach the truth, to tell the truth, instruct someone in the truth. And then, not only that, but I have to be patient. But then I have to instruct in meekness. I have to be humble. This is not something we as Christians do a good job at. Because sometimes when we get into theological debates with those who are unsaved or those we don't believe the same way, all of a sudden we get on our high horse. (laughs) Well, you know why? You're wrong. And I can show you from the Bible right now why you're wrong. You're going to go to hell for that. And we're, we're quick to jump on the wagon of I'm right I have the truth and you're wrong. I, I see it all the time. I grew up this way. I remember, honestly, and I'm just being transparent with you, I remember seeing other youth groups. When we were growing up and we go to a camp or something, 
and their girls weren't dressed properly. And I remember <laughs> Aaron Burden, 16-year-old pastor extraordinaire. Well, you know what? If that youth pastor was doing his job, they wouldn't be getting off the bus looking like that. That youth pastor was doing. And you know what? Who is Aaron Burden? Nobody. If I'm going to communicate truth, I have to do it humbly. And this happens all the time with us as teenagers. We talk to other people. Well, our school is so much better than their school. Our, our, the way we do things is so much better than the way they, no. You can't communicate truth like that. You communicate truth with the only reason I even have the truth is because God blessed me with it. I am nobody better than anybody else. Imagine if I was trying to communicate the gospel with Noah and I say, Noah, I too once was such a great sinner like you. I too once was going to burn in the devil's hell, but not anymore. Because Noah, you don't get right. You better turn the bird. Now, if I do that, Noah is not, he's not feeling any love, compassion, concern. All he's thinking is, wow, this guy comes up to me with his nose stuck in the air and telling me how much better than me he really is. You know what? I can tell you, I have been to Bible college to study this book. I try my best to do the best I can to stay in this book. But you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. The knowledge I have from this book is only by the great grace of God. See, the only reason I can open this book in front of you and even try to teach you what's inside of it is because God has been abundantly gracious to me. So for me to stand up and try to communicate truth at any point because I'm better than somebody else because I do this or I have this, it's wrong. I have to, number one, I have to be gentle. I have to be apt to teach. I have to know some not, I have to have some knowledge to be able to teach it. And then I have to be patient. And I have to be humble to be able to communicate truth in the way God wants me to do. And number three, and we're done. Realize God's word is the answer. Paul says this, but foolish and unlearned, unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that impose themselves. If God peradventure, will give them repentance and the knowledge of the truth, that they may recover themselves of the snare of the devil who are taken captive at his will. Fill in these two blanks, then stay with me for two seconds and we're done. Paul tells Timothy, it is not my argument that changes minds, but the work of God. The knowledge of the truth that frees people from the traps of the devil. Paul tells him, it is not my argument that changes minds, but the work of God through knowledge of the truth that frees people from the traps of the devil. I close with this. Just like I told you guys before about when I first started. When I went through college, I had no idea what God was going to do in my life. I didn't know where God wanted me to be. So we went to Gulf Coast, and I think I told you guys this before. We went to Florida, and we started, me and my wife started teaching the twos and three-year-olds. I never taught twos and three-year-olds, but that's where I, I was like, I told pastor, I was like, hey, wherever you want me to be, ask what I'll do. And he said, we need help with two and three-year-olds. So I was like, okay, I'm there. I had never taught two and three-year-olds, ended up loving it. I mean, that was like the highlight of my week, teaching two and three-year-olds. And I went to the guy who did the teens, and I said, hey, if you ever need help on a weekend or something, let me know. Me and my wife would be glad to show up and help you. And he said, all right, we got an activity this Saturday. You want to be here this Saturday? 
So I said, okay, we'll be there. And me and my wife just slowly, gradually started helping with the teenagers. I went to college. I went to, for pastoral ministries. Had no idea. I, know, I don't believe God's ever called me to be a senior pastor. And Lord willing, after watching Pastor Ferguson and Pastor Scott's job, I hope he never does. I like being right where I'm at. But when, but when he, said, he said, hey, would you like helping the teens? I said, yeah, that's great. So we started helping. And I remember the first time he was out of town. He said, hey, I need you to teach, you, I need you to teach Sunday school. Well, I'm thinking, man, I'm not like two and three-year-old level. I can't walk in there with Noah built the ark, do our craft, then walk out. I can't do that. So I remember, I remember Philippians. I went to Philippians, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this message on prayer. And I did. I, I mean, I was serious about it. I'm like, this, I'm teaching the teenagers this week. And so I got in my Bible, and I studied about prayer. First of all, supplications made. And I was studying out every word, and I thought, man, this like I told you before. Wait till I give this message to the teenagers. We're going to have prayer warriors. I mean, they're all going to be praying. We're not even going to close the church down because the teenagers are going to want to come and pray so much. Because I've got it right here. And I did. I went in the classroom and I thought I prepared, practiced everything. Went in there, talked about prayer. I got to pray at school. And what the different types of prayer we need. I mean, passionate as I could be. And we all said amen. And everybody said, all right, thank you, Aaron. And they walked to the classroom. I was thinking, wow, that did not have the dramatic effect that I was thinking. I was thinking we're all going to be coming down to the altar. I know it's Sunday school, but we can still just come down to the altar. Let me tell you what I learned, what I had to learn, and I'm still learning. It is not my argument that communicates truth. I can bring any of you in my office right now and tell you, hey, whatever is in your life, you say, Pastor Burton, I'm struggling with this, or Pastor Burton, I think this is right. And we and you can come in my office right now, shut the door, and we can go at it for hours. Well, this is why you shouldn't listen to that music. This is why you shouldn't do this. This is why you should be doing this. And we can go at it for hours. But you know what? I cannot change you. Only God can. My arguments cannot change you. There's not one youth group lesson that I can formulate and put down on paper and change this whole youth group. Because it is not my argument. It is God who changes hearts. Peradventure, God will bring them to repentance. You know what, guys? I love each and every one of you. I do. But we see in this last part of the verse that the devil has snares and traps he desires for each and every one of your lives. And guess what? I can do nothing for you. You have to make the decision on your own. When it comes to truth, I can't help you other than give you the truth and communicate it over and over and over and over again. But see, none of my arguments, I can stand up here right now and tell you, this is why you should not listen to rap music. This is why you should not listen to whatever kind of music. This is why you shouldn't watch Garbage on television. And I can tell you day in and day out, I can cry. I can stand up here and fall on the ground and passionately tell you to not to do it. But you know what? My arguments can't change you. Only you, being willing to let God work in your heart, can change you. So you know what my job is? To be gentle, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, showing humility, peradventure, by some chance, God will bring you to repentance. And see, that's how truth communicated. That's why I love the word of God. 
Because if I was teaching through this lesson by myself, I would have thought, man, I need to tell them what truth is. Get that down. Oh, you got to study it. You got to memorize it. You got to have truth. But only God and his wisdom and knowledge would say, I told you what I want to do with truth. But here, when you're sharing truth with others, this is how you should do it. God's word is an awesome book. Love it and know it. Because it holds right here the truth, everything you need to know for the life God wants you to live. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, we thank you so much once again for your word. God, I thank you for these young people, Lord, and their faithfulness. And God, I thank you, Lord, that we do have a good youth group. God, I thank you for the each and every young person in my, as I look at it here, God, they, they have potential to do something great for you. God, I pray, first of all, that you would allow us, God, to have the ability to communicate truth. God, whether it be to loved ones, whether it be to friends, God, you'd help us to be gentle, that we would have the knowledge to be able to give them Lord, that we would be patient. Lord, we would be humble. But Lord, help us, Lord, if the truth is being communicated to us, Lord, to be able to be understand, Lord, that truth comes from God. Lord, you want to work in our lives. Lord, help us to be willing to make whatever changes in our lives necessary to be able to be more like you. And God, we need your help so many ways because the devil does have those traps and snares. He wants to catch us in. But, oh, God, if you would be merciful to us and, Lord, lead us in the way that we should go, Lord, help us to follow. Well, thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.